Chapter 16, A Wake-Up Call, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, every day. The Kedusha Slavi says, In reality, no bad comes forth from Hashem. Rather, it is all for our benefit. Hashem sometimes has to put us in our place. And then, how should we react? In Mishlei Shlem HaMelech says, Musar Hashem b'ni altimos ve'altokoitz b'toichachtoi ki esasher yehav Hashem yuchiach uchaav esben yirtzeh. Shlomo HaMelech, wisest of all men, said, Do not become disgusted when Hashem chastises you, for Hashem reprimands those whom He loves, and He desires to have a father-son relationship. Let's bring an example to prove the point. Rude Awakening Chaim was driving back to Lakewood from a wedding in Montreal. He tried keeping himself up by opening the window and blasting the latest Solid Gold album, but he still kept nodding off. At 4.10 a.m., he fell asleep as his car cruised at 65 miles per hour. His end was surely near. Driving behind him, his good friend Maish noticed Chaim's car veer slightly off the road. Realizing that something must be wrong, Maish put the pedal to the metal, pushing his Yeshivisha 1978 station wagon into overdrive. As he pulled alongside Chaim's car, Maish saw him enjoying a blissful sleep. Maish had a dilemma. On the one hand, he must honk his horn to wake Chaim up before it was too late. But on the other hand, he really felt bad to disturb his good friend Chaim while he was in such a yummy, peaceful sleep. Maish couldn't decide what to do. What would you do? Foolish question, huh? Many times we find ourselves cruising down the highway of life, asleep at the wheel, oblivious to the danger ahead. Because Hashem loves you and cares for you, sometimes He needs to wake you up in order to save you, guide you, and redirect you. He may have to honk His horn to startle you and shake you out of your trance. In the last paragraph, let me ask you a question. Which word sticks out the most? That's right, the word you. Why? Because this is really all about you. After all, what other purpose could there possibly be for Hashem, creator and master of the universe, to waste his time and effort, so to speak, to give pain, challenges, and difficulties to puny human beings? Do you really think that Hashem is bored and mean? Of course not. Chas v'shalom. But sometimes while going through something painful, somewhere in your confused mind, you may somehow sort of think, that, you know, it seems a little bit like Hashem wants to give you a hard time and He's just playing around with you. He's out to get you. And in those situations, ask yourself this. If that was His goal, don't you think He could do a much better job? Let's bring an example to prove the point. A really bad day. The following urban legend was printed as fact in several newspapers. 
A man was working on his motorcycle on his patio. He was racing the engine on the motorcycle, and somehow the motorcycle slipped into gear. The man, still holding onto the handlebars, was dragged through a glass patio door along with the motorcycle and dumped onto the dining room floor inside the house. Hearing the crash, his wife ran into the dining room and found her husband lying on the floor, bleeding, cut, and in pain. She ran to the phone and called an ambulance. Because they lived on a fairly high hill, the wife went down the several flights of long steps to the street in order to direct the paramedics to her husband. After the ambulance arrived and transported the husband to the hospital, the wife went to clean up the mess. Seeing that gas had spilled on the floor, the wife mopped up the gas and wrung out the mop, draining the gas into the toilet. The husband was treated at the hospital and was then released. After arriving home, he looked at the shattered patio door and the damage done to his motorcycle. He became despondent, went into the bathroom, sat on the toilet, and smoked a cigarette. After finishing the cigarette, he flipped it into the toilet bowl while still seated. The wife, who was in the kitchen, heard a loud explosion and her husband's screams. She rushed into the bathroom and found her husband on the floor. His trousers had been blown away, and he was suffering burns all over the back of his body. The wife ran to the phone again and called for an ambulance. The same ambulance crew arrived again, and the wife met them again at the street. The paramedics loaded the husband on the stretcher and began carrying him down the many stairs. On the way down, one of the paramedics asked the wife how the husband had burned himself so badly. She told them what happened. And the paramedics laughed so hard that they tipped the stretcher and the husband fell out. He rolled down the remaining steps and broke his arm. This story really redefines what it is to have a bad day. As bad as a person may have it, couldn't Hashem make it even worse? Why can't a person wake up one day with his head turned around so he can't drive or even walk straight? I mean, that would be really bad. How about meteors randomly falling from the sky every day? That would surely rattle those little humans. How about eyeballs randomly popping out of their sockets? And that's a good one, no? So if Hashem was really trying to hurt us, He probably could come up with some better ideas. However, while experiencing pain and suffering, it is very hard to appreciate the goodness of Hashem. You may ask, why, why, why? But once you start asking why, the list really never ends. Bring an example to prove the point. Why, oh why? Why do pharmacies make sick people walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions filled while healthy people can buy cigarettes right there in the front? Why do people order double burgers, large fries, and then a Diet Coke? Why do banks leave the vault doors open and then chain the pens to the counters? Why do they sell hamburgers in packages of 10 and buns in packages of 8? Why does the sun lighten our hair but darken our skin? Why don't you ever see the headline, Psychic wins the lottery? Why is it that doctors call what they do practice? Why is lemon juice made with artificial flavoring and dishwashing liquid made with the real lemons? Why isn't there mouse-flavored cat food? Why don't they make the whole airplane out of that material that's used to make the indestructible black box? Why don't sheep shrink when it rains? Why are they called apartments when they are all connected? Why and why and why and the why list goes on and on. Heavenly Answers The Holy Ramban had a student who became deathly ill. 
the Ramban requested of his dear student that after he dies, he should ascend to the highest heavens and ask several important questions that were bothering him concerning the pain that Klal Yisrael was going through at the time. Shortly after the student passed away, he appeared to his Rebbe. He reported that he indeed ascended to the highest levels of heaven, and they showed him that from the holy and pure heavenly perspective, there were no answers to the Ramban's questions, because there are no questions from that perspective. In Shamayim, in heaven, everything is conducted with a precise measure of perfection for the ultimate benefit of each and every Yid. Although deep down every person knows that if Hashem was really out to get him, he would have been gone a long, long time ago. Nevertheless, as a person suffers through difficult times, the natural human reaction is to feel isolated and disconnected from Hashem. This can bring you to sometimes maybe complain about your seemingly unfair situation and to conclude that in some way Hashem, Master of the Universe, is somehow mean or not fair. And you think that if you were in charge, things would be much better. Let's bring an example to prove the point. A painful opportunity. Zisha couldn't believe that he overslept on this very important day. He jumped out of his bed right into his crisp new suit. Zish ran out with his shirt untucked, tie hanging open around his neck, and briefcase unzipped with papers half falling out. It's okay, it's okay, he thought. I'll finish getting dressed in the taxi. But then, as he approached the sidewalk to hail a cab, a passing car hit a huge puddle, and poor Zish got soaked. He shrieked as all his papers flew out of his briefcase and into the murky puddle. Ugh, yuck. At that moment, he did not think, Oh boy, does Hashem love me! Throughout history, those with strong faith in a loving God suffered unspeakable horrors, and yet they understood and believed that there is a perfect, precise calculation for everything. They did not question Hashem's ways. They did not question if Hashem is the ultimate good. They did not question if Hashem is their loving, merciful Father. It is the people who lack proper faith and trust in Hashem who complain. They may sometimes think, I feel like Hashem is toying with me. As if Hashem has nothing better to do than to think up new ways to playfully mock their entire existence. As the Rebbe Reb Zisha said, What kind of God would Hashem be? If Hashem needed me to advise Him how to run the world. What kind of God would Hashem be? If he needed me to help him out, to teach him what's right and what's wrong, and to show him the best way to deal with the world. When the Chavetz Chaim was a young lad of only eight years old, his teacher asked all the boys in the class, What would you do if you were Hashem? One boy said, If I was Hashem, I would send money to the family in our town that has no food. Another boy said, If I was Hashem, I would heal my friend's dying mother. Each boy came up with another beautiful idea that they would do to improve the world if they were Hashem. The Rebbe then turned to little Yisrael Meir, only eight years old, and he asked him, Yisrael Meir, and what would you do if you were Hashem? The child, wise beyond his years, replied, Nothing. If something could have been done better, 
Hashem certainly would have done it that way. Authentic Yiddishkeit believes that the foundation of Yiddishkeit is coming to grips with the fact that the master of the universe is not something that we can understand or figure out. Much like trying to fit the sun into a soda can, it is impossible for a physical, tiny human mind to grasp Hashem. Here's an example that brings out this point. The Gemara says, Reb Mani would frequently visit Reb Yitzchak, and he once complained to Reb Yitzchak that the wealthy people in his in-laws' hometown were bothering him when he went to visit his in-laws. So Reb Yitzchak replied, Let them become poor. And they became poor. Afterward, Ramani went back to Rabbi Yitzchak and he complained that since those people became poor, they bothered him for money. So Rabbi Yitzchak said, let them become rich. And they once again became rich. And then the Gemara tells another story, another time that Ramani complained to Rabbi Yitzchak that his wife was not pleasing to him. Rabbi Yitzchak said, what's her name? And he said, Chana. Rabbi Yitzchak said, Chana should become beautiful. And that's exactly what happened. But then later in a future date, Ramani complained that since his wife gained such self-esteem and independence, she was abusive to him. Rabbi Yitzhak said, if so, let her return to the way that she was. And so she did. And then afterwards, the Gemara tells us an amazing story. Two students came to that same Rabbi Yitzhak and they said, please pray for them, that they should become exceedingly smart so they can learn Torah and understand Torah in the best possible way. And then Rabbi Yitzhak told them, I once had the power to change things around, and I sent it away from me. We learn from this story that after trying to improve the way that Hashem set things up, the great Santik realized that he wasn't really improving things at all, because everything that Hashem does is perfect and cannot be improved. Everything that was there was there for a reason, and once it's changed, it affects many other things. And if you really internalize this concept that any challenging situation given to you is designed specifically for you by Hashem and the purpose of the challenge is for your own personal development and growth, then you will be able to face your difficulties with determination and perseverance and you will even look forward to greeting your next challenge because you know and believe that it is the best thing for you. Yosef HaTzadik, he suffered many, many hardships. At the young age of 17, he was sold by his brothers to be a slave. He rotted in jail for 12 long years, away from his beloved father. Yet Yosef always had faith that all the challenges he encountered were presented to him for his own benefit. Indeed, if not for these challenges, he never would have been able to reach his position of power, enabling him to reach his full potential. He became the savior of his family, the same family that had sold him out and disgraced him. They wanted him dead. Yet his deep wisdom understood that it was not them, but it was Hashem pulling the strings. It was Hashem who had sent him ahead. Hashem sent him ahead so that way he would be in the position of power to save his family from starvation. But not only did he save his own family at that time, he actually saved all of us. The Yalkut Shemaini says that the reason that Hashem split the sea for Klal Yisrael was only because of the schus of Yosef HaTzadik. And that means that by withstanding his own personal intense, immense challenges, he actually earned enough credit 
to save the entire nation of Klal Yisrael. And it is the same thing with all of our pain and everything that we go through in our lives, that it is always for our benefit. The pre says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed Moshe Rabbeinu how everything that transpired in Mitzrayim over the painful 210 years of horrific enslavement was actually all in order to benefit Klal Yisrael. And the pre continues, V'chein hu be'emes kal ha'galuyus l'toiva ach the Pritzadik explains that really every single exile and every part of the exile that every single Jew goes through is really Litoiva, it's for good. But at the moment, as you're in pain and suffering and going through the pain, you can't possibly understand that and grasp that. It's so hard. But the same will be at the end of time when Mashiach arrives and the horrific 2,000 years plus of our exile will all come together and we will understand how the hardships that we suffered through were all part of a precisely planned story with a picture-perfect ending. We will all clearly see all the pieces come perfectly together as Hashem wove our nation's history from persecution and difficulty to redemption and victory. And the same applies to you. When you look back over the sands of time, it will become easier to clearly see the good hand of Hashem in everything. As the saying goes, hindsight is twenty twenty. And this is what the Raubag explains in Mishlei. If you become disgusted when Hashem puts you through painful situations, you will forego the benefit for which Hashem sent you the hardship in the first place. And then, all of the pain and sadness will taka be for no reason. And that's taka, a real shame. After you finish your earthly life and everything is clear to you from the heavenly perspective, you will see how it was your life's challenges that consistently raised you higher and higher. And then you will really, really ask Hashem, why? Why did I not merit to receive more pain, more difficulty, and more troubles? Challenges are meant to drive you to become a stronger and more refined person. This life change will improve and upgrade who you are and thereby help you move toward a more productive life. Look forward to a satisfying eternal afterlife and provide your grandchildren and all of the generations to come with schusim, merits, to help them and carry them. And that's what the Torah says. The Torah says that Hashem tells Avram Avinu, because you did this incredible thing, surpassing the challenge of Akedas Yitzchak, a really super hard challenge, I shall certainly bless you. You see, all the blessings that were showered on Avram Avinu, for himself and for his children and for all the generations, they were bestowed upon him. Why? It was only as a direct result of his withstanding his incredible personal challenges, his nisyonis, that were sent specifically to him by Hashem in order to give him the greatest payoff imaginable. As the Nesiva Shalom explains, Kal Yehudi Every person who is here on earth is here for a purpose, a shlichus. They have a reason that they are here. Through passing the challenges. That is how you fulfill your tafkid. 
That is how you get to your destination and fulfill the reason that you specifically were placed in this world. Authentic Yiddishkeit understands that life's difficulties are not a distraction that gets in the way of your real life. On the contrary, it was those difficulties and challenges that really are what your real life is really all about. It is your specific hardships and challenges that shape who you are and carry you to fulfill your personal mission in this world. With so much to gain, if you had the spiritual guts, you would actually even look forward to your next challenge.